Hello, welcome back to How About That Crypto. You are watching your daily crypto news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylist on Twitter and Bitcoin Hairstylist on Instagram. I'm here Monday through Friday and I explain crypto and Web3 while keeping you up to date on all the latest. Today's news stories are Vitalik Buterin is on the cover of Time Magazine and he is worried about crypto, crypto's future. And if you don't know, he is the co-founder of Ethereum. And Binance looks to buy banks and payment processors in Brazil. I'll explain all of this. If you stay till the end, I have a correction and update on some tax stuff from last week's episode. But first, if you like the content or don't like the content, please let me know by leaving a comment below. Leave a and if you're listening on podcast, please give me five stars and follow me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button and ring the bell. It helps support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. <clears throat> Just to be clear and litigious, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. You can link, use the links to do your own research. Check it out below. My prayers continue to go out to Ukrainian people and all those affected by this crisis. Hopefully the war is sooner Hopefully this conflict is over sooner than later. War, conflict, this is all bad stuff. So I just wanted to say that. Um, today's news stories have nothing to do with Ukraine. But, um, they have to do with Vitalik Buterin. He is the co-founder of, of Ethereum. Ethereum is a layer one blockchain, which is basically the base layer for a new type of internet. So layer one blockchain is like, think of it like the main network. And you can build on top of that network. And because and the main network, the size of the network, it you know, in incentivizes people to bring on projects onto that network. So um, think of like think of like Facebook, Facebook being being a main base layer network, and people put their put their Facebook pages on it, you know, for community, for communicating with each other or business pages. You know, why would you put a business page? on Facebook. That's because there's so many people that are on Facebook. So, so it's the same concept where there's a base layer, the larger the network, the more value it, it is to people to build projects on. So this is con considered to be a new way, new form of the internet. And I have some uh, stuff to share with you today. All right. Uh, so Vitalik, Vitalik is depicted in the Time article titled, The Man Behind Ethereum is Worried About Crypto's Future by Andrew Chow. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the, uh, the article here. It's not you know, very visually pleasing because there's like a little vi opening video, which I'll, uh, I'll kind of play the first couple minutes of for you. So just let me enable the sound here. There you go. Okay. And if you're listening on podcasts, you'll be able to hear everything. The blockchain Ethereum moves trillions of dollars around the world every year, rivaling traditional finance heavyweights like MasterCard and Visa. Over the last few years, Ethereum has become the home of all sorts of cutting edge projects, including NFTs, decentralized finance, and decentralized autonomous organizations. But it's also emerged as a vehicle for money laundering, billion dollar scams, and shameless displays of wealth. Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, understands all of this, that his vision for the transformative power of Ethereum is at risk of being overtaken by greed, and so he has reluctantly begun to take on a bigger public role in shaping its future. We are a community and ultimately we do have like 
a say of in what things we put more resources towards. And like, if we don't exercise um, that voice, then you know the only things that get built are like the things that are immediately profitable. And like the, that, that it, like those are definitely far from often far from like the things that are actually the best for the world. Okay, so feel free, and I encourage you to watch that video and read the article. Uh, he Vitalik is is depicted as not a person who does not want to make unilateral decisions and lets the community decide on big issues. Um, so check out the link below and read it. I'm going to give you a little my takeaways from it. Uh, there's a quote in this article that explains uh, so much about Vitalik. It says, leadership has to rely much more on soft power and less on hard power. So leaders have to actually take into account the feelings of the community and treat them with respect. Leadership positions aren't fixed. So if leaders stop performing, the world forgets about them. And the converse is that it's very easy for new leaders to rise up. So my thoughts on this are... I don't know. It's interesting. You know, he definitely is a visionary and an idealist and he wants to uh, wants things to be a certain way. And he wants his uh, his creation to fulfill a purpose. But he's also kind of a realist, too. If you listen to him talk about uh, anything technical and uh, adoption, like what is happening and what needs to happen um, in terms of any sort of uses of Ethereum. So <clears throat> I don't know. I thought this was interesting. What do you think about this uh, so far? This quote, you know, basically saying that um, we need to decentralize power and uh, any and if there are. And and but he's also saying that there's going to be leadership, which means that there and the utilization of power. So that's really not complete full distance decentralization. Anyway, tell me your thoughts. Uh, leave a comment below. I'm going to keep moving on. Vitalik is worried about humanitarian efforts being thwarted due to high gas fees from speculation on things like NFTs. He's also a lot. He's also concerned about a lack of gender and racial diversity, as well as voting in DAOs based on coin holdings, which empowers the wealthy. So what is a DAO? If you haven't watched any of the if you if you're new to the channel, I, I talk a lot about DAOs. DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And think of it like a condo board or a homeowners association or yeah. And so the condo condo board create, you know, they have the condo docs or the homeowners association has all these rules. So before you can buy a house in the community or buy a condo in a building, you have to agree to their rules and the rules govern how each other, how everybody interacts with each other, you know, how you can use the common spaces, how money is, is appropriated, etc. But You also vote on members, board members to be the people making certain decisions without a vote and other decisions need a vote. So a DAO, think of a DAO as a, a programmed con, program similar concept where if you participate in a DAO, you have the right to vote. Well, he's saying that and, and like they could vote on anything it could be buying the Constitution, uh, a copy of the Constitution, and then the members get to decide what to do with it, whether they pass it around to each other's house or they put it in a museum, whatever. It's theirs, and the, everyone gets a say based on their holding. So each token is worth one vote. So he's saying that he doesn't like this because it just empowers the wealthy. His focus right now is funding startups to build the type of projects that he believes in. 
like things that do not reflect our current society. He does not seem to be a huge fan of capitalism. He does not seem to care for the empowerment of people that own more than other people through our current system. He's also upgrading the ecosystem, uh, the Ethereum ecosystem to a proof of stake consensus protocol. If you've been watching, then you uh, I've heard about this. If you if you're new to the channel, uh, there are consensus protocols that help secure the different blockchain networks and help process transactions and make decisions on changes to the blockchain. So the consensus protocol proof of work is the one that consumes a lot of energy. And that's what uh, what that's what Bitcoin runs on. And Ethereum also runs on proof of work, but is making a transition over to proof of stake. And the big reason is it'll make it faster, but it'll also reduce energy consumption by 99 percent, according to Vitalik. He also wants to give value to commitment. Uh, he wants to also create NFTs and other types of projects that give value to people who show a commitment to the ecosystem as opposed to those who own the most tokens. So another way to decentralize power and get empower individual people who might have less than others. So what do you think about this? Um, do you think that, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I want to hear from you. What do you think about all this so far? I think that this all sounds good. And uh, I'd like to see how this all plays out. And uh, I think this is an interesting con, con, uh, con, sorry, this is an interesting concept where he wants to give value to people's commitment to the ecosystem. Well, if you're a programmer, you might love this, but as a non-programmer, what does that mean? You know, by doing these shows, how are they going to know that I'm, I'm, I think I'm creating value to various uh, crypto ecosystems. So you know, am I going to get some sort of benefit for it? I don't know. And uh, I'd like to see how this all plays out. So I have an excerpt I'd like to read for you. And it's the last two paragraphs of this of this article. And it reads to Buterin. Buterin, I think it's Buterin. I keep saying it wrong. Buterin, the worst case scenario for the future of crypto is that blockchain technology ends up concentrating the hands of dictatorial governments. He is unhappy with El Salvador's rollout of Bitcoin as legal tender, which has been riddled with identity theft and volatility. The prospect of governments using the technology to crack down on dissent is one of Buterin. Sorry. The prospects of governments using the technology to crack down on dissent is one reason Buterin is adamant about crypto remaining decentralized. He sees the technology as the most powerful equalizer to surveillance technology deployed by governments like China's and powerful companies like Meta or Facebook alike. If Mark Zuckerberg shouldn't have the power to make epoch-changing decisions of or control users' data for profit, Buterin believes that neither should he. So basically, in that statement, is he saying like, you can't, you can't make decisions that are so massive that it manipulates the data, and you can't sell people's data that for a profit. And he says he shouldn't have that power and neither should anybody else. It says, even if that limits his ability to shape the future of his creation and sends some people to other blockchains or allows others to use his platform in unsavory ways. 
and he and it's a quote from him saying i would love to have an ecosystem that has lots of good crazy and bad crazy buterin says bad crazy is when there's just huge amounts of money being drained and all it's doing is subsidizing the hacker industry Good crazy is when there's tech work and research and development and public goods coming out on the other end. So there's the battle. And we have to be intentional and make sure some more of the right things happen. What do you think about this? What do you think about Vitalik? Do you uh, you like him? You don't like him? Do you think he is enabling capitalism, destroying it, enabling communism? What about centralized power? You know, leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. I think this is all super fascinating. I think that I like that last statement about creating, you know, public goods and things that, you know, people can benefit from. But even if it's like, just like uh, a way for musicians to sell their music direct to their their people and uh, like their fans and they could sell their music at a lower cost to the fans and reap the benefits of that and they can pass on the savings by cutting out people in the middle i don't know what do you think about that do you think that that sounds like communism i feel like some of you are you know i don't know leave a comment below i want to hear from you and i am moving on and i have another article here and if you're listening on podcasts the links are all below uh, Paolo Alves reports on Coindesk. Binance CEO says firm is looking into buying banks and payment processors in Brazil. The company will seek to strengthen its presence in the Latin American country and comply with local regulations, according to CEO Changping Zhao. Binance is the so Binance for those of you who don't know, Binance is the world's largest crypto exchange by trading volume. CEO Changpeng Zhao, a.k.a. CZ, he goes by CEO CZ. CZ spoke at Ethereum Rio, which is an Ethereum community event, which we just talked about Ethereum, and uh, held it was held in Rio de Janeiro, and he announced his plans to expand their team in Brazil. He also said he will work with regulators, government agencies, and I want to just read this one excerpt from you. It's a pretty short article, so feel free to check it out yourself. It says, pending legislation in Brazil would require crypto exchanges to be properly licensed which would require either opening a local office or acquiring an existing operator. Well, that makes sense why he is just purchased. It says up here that he purchased a, uh, let's see, um, a, an exchange, some sort of exchange. Oh, here you go. And a, a Brazilian securities brokerage. So I guess that's like a Robin hood they just bought a Robin hood. And so if this legislation passes, the only way to get in, get into the, into Brazil as a crypto exchange, you have to purchase another one and, um, or opening a local office. So we'll see if this legislation, legislation gets passed. And then the final, um, statement here in this article last week zhao said that binance plans to buy more companies in non-crypto industries as a way of expanding the appeal of digital assets so what do you think about this do you like the fact that uh, binance is going in and saying okay hey like we want to bring crypto to the world so we are working with you know various countries and one of them is brazil and and in Brazil, we're going to buy up uh, buy up payment processes. So think like think of uh, Square or Swipe. You know, you go to the go to the go to like a store. Like when you come to Violet Salon, where where I work, 
we we use Square. So you swipe that credit card and um, we don't really have access to that data. And we get like certain bits of the data, but like that's some for Square. They payment process the payment and they deposit it into the salon's bank account. And, uh, and our system, our booking system is completely separate from that, but we process the information together. And so like that enables us to collect payment and but all in our and our, we have a separate system that enables us to keep track of all that stuff, and we have to make sure those two things come together. So these payment processing companies are being going to be purchased by a crypto exchange, and actually Binance also purchased uh, all outstanding shares of Swipe. So Swipe is going to be enable. I think they actually already have enabled uh, crypto, so you can pay with crypto uh, through Swipe or enable it. And I'll I'll keep an eye on that and report more in depth on that. But this is just interesting. Buy a bank, buy a payment processor, incorporate crypto into it. And all of a sudden, all those people that use that bank, you can just make it easy and seamless for them. And then no one has to worry about opening up a new account, giving out all your information, which everyone hates. And I know they hate it because I try to give away a bunch of uh, crypto to family and friends and like five people took my gift from them and from me. And it was because they didn't feel like there was too much friction. They had to like, Oh, I got to give them my social security number. I got to give, give my, my driver's license. And I'm like, yeah, you have to give that to a financial institution, just like your bank. You can't open up a bank account. You can't open up a Robinhood account. You can't open up a Charles Schwab account without giving that information. Just like you can't open up a trading crypto trading account without doing that as well. That is law, you know, love it or hate it. So anyway, the point is, Imagine if uh, Capital One Bank or Wells Fargo just got purchased by a crypto company and they integrated crypto into your app. You all pulled up your app and all of a sudden it's got all these new features. Now all of a sudden you're in the crypto world. So what do you think about this? Uh, tell me, leave a comment below and you made it to the end. So I promised I would make a correction. I talked about uh, taxing on crypto rewards. There's a lawsuit where the where a couple is suing the IRS because they got taxed on the rewards, but they never converted them and they never sold them. And so so technically, uh, the way a lot of these rewards work is they're not taxable until they're they're transferred into a until a taxable event occurs. Just like when you use your credit card and you get you you earn points, you can use them in the ecosystem. So like if I get a if I get points and I want to get a Home Depot gift card, you know. At what point in time is that a taxable event? Well, I got confirmation from an accountant, and even though this is not accounting advice, but I just wanted to make this correction. So if anybody out there is like is like saying, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm constantly trying to fact check this stuff. Um, that was told, and this is not financial or tax advice, that when you convert your credit card rewards into cash to pay down your bill, that's a taxable event. You have to pay taxes on it. I've never, I'm, I didn't even know that. Like, have you ever, have you ever paid taxes on converting your points to pay down your bill on your credit card? Well, so I just wanted to say that, that that's a correction. So th th it is a taxable event. Now, when you use rewards to purchase something within the ecosystem, it's a big question. Like, is anybody paying taxes on using your Starbucks rewards for buying coffee? 
I don't think so. And if you are, please leave a comment below. Please correct me because I like to keep, keep stuff straight. Okay. So anyway, until next time, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, leave a comment below. Please like, subscribe. It helps support the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. Have a good day. Hot along.